Jesus, Lord, we just thank you for real. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, we just welcome you. Lord, we just thank you for your faithfulness. Lord, your faithfulness. Lord, even just in worship today, God. Lord, that you were just released to heaven here. Your presence here. Lord, I love what, uh, what we were singing. Like, that. just, we love you, Jesus. Give me Jesus. And I love what Chris was saying. It's like, Lord, you pursue us constantly. You're always constantly pursuing us. So, Lord, we just thank you. And, Lord, just let your presence penetrate in this place today. That's what I'm going to be sharing on. The Lord said, speak about my presence. It's interesting. Uh, um, normally, I pray, Lord, give us ears to hear and our, um, ears to hear and eyes to see, open our hearts. But actually, my prayer, I felt like in worship today, I want to pray over you guys that you experience the presence today. Like, I don't care. I'll be honest. You can go home. don't have no idea what I said. But I, I'd rather have you guys have encounters. Literally, what, have expectation. The Lord wants to come and just encounter you. Let his presence come because he will change you. He changes us, man. Whoa. The presence is amazing. I just want to grab here. I wasn't going to share this, but something, just that awesome testimony from, Mex uh, from Russia. Can you believe that? Okay, he goes, and how many days? We already have two more churches. There is two recovery homes, six churches in Russia, two recovery homes. Do you realize that, like, Brent said there was a church in Pakistan and a recovery home? Do you realize Brent didn't go to Pakistan? You know why? Because we've been, we, we live this, Matthew 28. 19, go there, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So often we, uh, we dumb that down and we say, we go and make disciples. This is totally a side note, which is amazing. I love discipleship. Don't get me wrong. But Jesus didn't say just go make disciples. He said make disciples of nations. You know what we do? We dumb it down so that we can do it in man's power. Because I can go disciple people, but only God can disciple nations through us. But that is such a testimony that, that when we're in Brent's over there touching Russia, discipling, that's discipling a nation when another nation gets touched. By the pastors that are now connected with us, they go to Pakistan. I think it was a crusade they did, and literally a church sprung out, and then a recover home. That's you guys. That's you guys. Thank you, Jesus. So, let's jump in here. The presence of God. Who loves the presence? I love the presence. Oh. Psalms 91. You can't talk about the presence without Psalms 91. He who dwells in the secret place, the Most High, I, I shall say of the Lord. Sorry, I totally blew that. He who dwells in the secret place, the Most High, shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I love this. So, if you... Dwell in the secret place. What does dwell mean? To live, to sustain. The problem is a lot of us, we go visit the secret place. That's not what the Bible's saying. Those who, it doesn't say those who visit the secret place shall abide underneath the shadow of the Almighty. It says those who dwell. So that's, that's what I want to share today is that here we, uh, you've heard me speak before, we believe in those core values that everyone lives in, right? Do you know what a core value is? It's the simplest way to say it. It's the lenses you look through life. So when you, well, Chris gets said something, he hears me say something, he's filtering it through his core values. And that's where he's going to distinguish, does he think I'm off or on? And Barb's going to have her own core values, and Sharon, and Olga, you guys all have your own core values. 
But as a house, we have certain core values that we want to believe and teach. And one of those core values is, is that the presence, we have focus on the presence. And, and if you've ever noticed on Sunday morning here, specifically too, that's what matters to us. We, we, we worship goes sometimes longer, sometimes goes shorter. It's what the, what's, what's the Lord doing? What's the presence of the Lord doing? That's actually what makes a lot of difference. It's probably a lot of reasons why you're here, to be honest. If you think about it, you're like, there's something that's different. That's one reason. It's because we've decided to just go, let's, let's not do the norm. Like I said, let's, let's, let's not make it so that it's something a man can do. Let's do something that only God can do. Because God is building this house. And we're just trying to stay in the presence. Follow the presence. So let's jump to Exodus 33, 12 to 23. I love this. Then Moses said to the Lord, See you say to me, bring up these people, but you have not let them know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name, and you have also found grace in my sight. Now therefore, I pray, if I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way, that I may know you, and I may find grace in your sight, and consider that this nation is your people. And he said, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. You hear that? Moses is saying, you have to come. You, and he's asking, you find grace in my sight. The Lord Jesus, will you come? Will your presence be there? Because Moses has learned he can't, especially those couple million people, he, he can't control these guys. He knows he needs the presence of God. Because when you're not in the presence, life's no good. And honestly, if those of you here, if you don't know what I'm talking about the presence, just keep listening. But the presence is different. It, it, the, you know when you're in the presence. Like right now, Chris, good example. Some people, we have these, a uh, lot of charismatic Pentecostal sayings that maybe people, people don't understand. When Chris was just up here, he says, man, it's thick up here. That's because he's feeling the presence. And all he has to do is be aware of it. And actually, when he declared that, what it actually does is it brings another awareness to the room. And all of a sudden, there's people in the room that are like, oh, yeah, I felt something. And they engage. That's why he was saying that. It's not just like, oh, yeah, just another flipping thing out there. Right, Chris? He's engaging. He's bringing reality that God wants to pursue us. <sighs> then he said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. For now, for how then will they know that your people and I have found grace in your sight? I love that saying right there. If you're not marking my life with the presence, how are people going to know that I'm a child of God. Have you ever asked yourself that? Come on, Lord, shine through me. Light me up. Let me hang out in your presence because you love being, you know what? He loves being in your presence even more than you do. That's why he first loved us. He loves your presence. I was downstairs in the prayer meeting, and I'm honestly, I'm like, God, you told me to teach on the presence. You just better show up. Because I know it won't work unless your presence shows up. And you know what he said? He says, well, you can make my presence show up. I'm like, what? No, no, no. I understand. No, he goes, you're my child. I always come. I always come. What's that? Uh, oh, that just reminds me. That just wrecks me. Um, it's Torwald. What's her first name again? Katie Torwald. She sings a song. You always come. You always come. I've shared this before, but you always come. But the thing was is that she wrote that, and the Lord spoke to her one day when she was singing it for a recording. She's pouring her heart out. She's, saying, she's singing out, you always come, Lord. That's what she's saying. And the Lord said, you missed, you, missed, you missed it. I was actually singing that over you. 
Oh, I just, I tear up every, like seriously, I just getting emotional. Because that, isn't that our heart's cry? That, that God would sing that over us? He'd say, you always come. Oh, like that is the ultimate place to be. And it's that easy. It's that easy. Is actually when you come into a place, what's, what's your situation? You come into a bad situation and so often we, we think so out here and instead we just go, oh Lord, where's your presence? Come on, things are happening in the family. Bring the presence. Let's gather the kids. Where's your presence? Oh, man. We, we try to tell our kids, and it's not working perfectly yet, I'll tell you. But we like saying when things are going off, we're like, whoa, where's the Holy Spirit right now? They're like, what? <laughs> yeah, the first response, but we get there. It's like, no, what's the Holy Spirit? Come on, you guys. Get the focus off the problem and get it back on Jesus. Oh, yeah. Man, we need more Beckys. I like that feedback there. That's good. Come on. For how will they know that your people, that they're your people? Oh, man. And I found grace. Lord, how would they know windward is your people unless your presence touches us and changes us? So, Lord, I dec- even for myself here in this church, I don't want to be part of something if your presence doesn't come. Sharon doesn't. I know her heart. She doesn't want it unless God's here. Brent, no, I know Brent. I'm jumping around fast here, but the stuff happening in, in Russia and these other countries where Brent goes, and, and Jeremy showed, shared a little bit of testimony of those supernatural events that happened. You guys, those don't happen just because they happen. It's because people like Brent have spent time in the dwelling place. When he comes, he's dwelling. When he's in there trying to sleep or not sleep, he's dwelling with the Lord. I know him. He knows he can't make it happen. He knows he has to spend time with the Lord, and it comes out of the overflow. And the coolest thing is he's not, God's not a respecter of persons, so you could do the same thing. Just spend time with Jesus because he wants to. Uh, so we shall be separate, your people and I, from all the people who are upon the face of the earth. Come on. This. So the Lord said to Moses, I will also do this thing that you have spoken for. You have found grace in my sight. I know you by name. Friendship right there. Who knows that you only have real friendship? You have acquaintances. But when somebody knows knows you, you know them by name. Like, we need to, like, this stuff, I just love to encourage because it's, it's not about condemnation. It is about, it is a banqueting table inviting you to. I'm just trying to stir you up. Something I said last week, it's like, don't, don't be satisfied listening to the preacher or listening to the guy on TV, Bethel TV or whatever you do, and hearing the, their encounters. They're sharing an encounter so you have an opportunity to enter into it. Those are any, the, the truth, any truth is an open door for an encounter. Don't read the Bible, don't read about Peter and all the, and the disciples, or even G, Jesus made an open invitation. He says, you're going to do greater things than I did. Don't be satisfied unless you're seeing it. But don't beat yourself up. And he said, please, show me your glory. Oh, the glory does everything. I love it. We were at prayer on Thursday night. Jake is, was there, and this guy's been around. If you guys don't know, Jake has been around meetings and the glory for many, many years, way back, Patricia King and stuff. And he just poured out at the end. He's like, if you don't have the glory, there's no point. He's been in enough meetings to know that. If the presence doesn't show up, it, it, you need God to show up. You make a, a banquet table open up, and we, like, we, when you come on Sunday morning, when you, when you wake up, Lord, it's your presence here. Make your house a habitation. Then he said, I will make all my 
goodness pass before you, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face, nor, for no man shall see my face and live. And the Lord said, here's my place by me, and he shall stand on the rock, and it shall be my glory passes by, that I'll put you in the cleft of the rock, and I'll cover you up, my hand, my hand while I pass by. I'll cover you up with my hand, that I will take away my hand, then I'll take my hand, and you will see my back, but my face shall not be seen. The coolest part is we realize that we're in a new covenant, so we get to see more than Moses got to see. And if that's true, then we jump to Exodus 34, 29 about Moses. Now it was so that when Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets and the, uh, of the testimony were, were in Moses' hand when he came down from the mountain, that Moses did not know the skin of his face shone like while he talked with them. So when Aaron and all the rulers of the congregation returned to him and Moses talked with them, after all the children of Israel came near and he gave them the commandments, the Lord spoken, had spoken with them on Mount Sinai. And when Moses had finished speaking with them, he put a veil on his face. Who has to put veils? You know what's sweet? Like we show up on Sunday and we have to, imagine we have to start putting veils in the back instead of envelopes. <laughs> Why not? Why not? It should, you don't have to, not just the guy up here or the woman up here, it's you guys. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Then let's jump to Mark 5.30. I love this. Because these are the guys that, um, Jesus knew that, remember I talked a few weeks about the woman with the issue of blood, shared it one way, but this, I stopped on something because honestly I just got hit. I didn't share that day, but this is the verse. 5 verse 30, Jesus knew at once that somebody had touched him for he felt, this is um, Passion Translation, so you need to, it's so cool in the Passion Translation. Um, Jesus knew at once that somebody had touched him for he had felt the power that always surged around him had passed through him for someone to be healed. If you, in, um, if you, in the literal reading of the unique fate for this phrase in Greek construction, it, this, I'm reading a, a footnote, it could be translated, the power that keeps going out of him went out from him. There was this glorious power that kept going out around Jesus, drawing others to him and healing those who he touched. And in this case, healing a woman who touched him in faith. Jesus knew that the power of God was always emanating around him, yet it had flowed through him and someone in the crowd. This miracle has been repeated with Peter later on. Imagine knowing the presence well enough that you know when you leak. You know that term we say leak? It's when you, you fill up with so much of God that it affects others and you don't even realize it. That's for us. Like if you're scared to come out on like, not scared or just afraid or whatever to come out and do some street ministry with some of these guys, just get in the glory and come. Don't have to talk to anybody. You'll watch. You will transform lives. People will see the difference. I love it. Jeremy was over last night and he was just sharing about even at work, people come to him and they say, dude, there's something, why are you so happy? And it opens the door, and he just led some two weeks ago, right? Led another coworker to the Lord. She, she's now going to the church for the first time today, right? She's in Richmond, but she's in another church. Lord, we just pray. What's her name? Doesn't matter. Lord, we just pray right now for, for the girl that got saved at, um, for Jeremy today. Lord, we pray as she goes today, Lord God, that she will find the true living God. 
Lord God, that you won't just, Lord, you won't just get her saved, you will set her free. And Lord, make her a powerful witness today, Lord God. In Jesus' name. Come on. Oh, God, you're so good. Acts 5, 14, 16. Continually, Peter's shadow. We all know this. But this is the way we're supposed to live. Continually, uh, more and more people believed in the Lord, and they were added to their number. Great crowds of both men and women. In fact, when people knew Peter was going to walk by, they carried the sick out to the streets and laid them down on cots and mats, knowing the incredible power emanating from him would overshadow them and heal them. Great numbers of people swarmed into Jerusalem from the nearby village. They brought them with them sick and those troubled by demons. Everyone was healed. I love this. The Greek word was translated overshadow is some epis, something name, which is used exclusively for the power of the Almighty, such as with Mary who conceived a child supernaturally. Man, don't just hear, hold, I just felt this. Don't just hear me say that, oh yeah, like Peter. Because we've all heard it. Say, Lord, put that in my heart for a desire. Would my life do that? I've been so convicted lately is how often we just read over things. And we don't actually allow it to speak to us and go deep and in and say, hey, that can actually be me. Like, imagine that. What happened if some of you guys all of a sudden, you, you're like, what, um, guys, I need some of my family from Windward to come. We literally have people lining up at the house. Why not? Why not? God is good, and he wants to use you. But all this comes from being in the secret place. It comes from being with Jesus, becoming friends, looking into his face. It's interesting during worship. I did not plan to bring this up, so I hope I don't butcher this. But I, I felt like, you know when the Lord says, you better share something? You better share something. Um, and I try, Bear with me here. Because I was... He, I during worship while we were just in the glory, all of a sudden, uh, Luke 15 here. It's a story you guys all know, but I'm just going to take part of it. Because he spoke to me and he said, you, I'm, you're inviting people into my presence. You're inviting me, you're, the body, into having encounters. You're inviting my people to be, get closer to me. But he says, you know what, what the number one thing people who are held back from doing that is? He said, shame. He said, please break off shame before you go any further. So, Lord, have mercy. Um, so you guys all know the son of the prodigal, but we're just going to nail one part. Oh, Jesus. Wait one second. So you guys all know he, was living, he, he ran off, which is interesting. I heard something a while back about how so often in the church we turn off our minds when they bring up the prodigal son because that's like living if you haven't lived... If he never ran away and done all that stuff, and they, were, they took a different perspective. He took his inheritance. How often do we take our inheritance from the Lord and we just squander it? Because that's really the shame that would be only be, I believe, is probably in the room, is that we don't realize that we, we make up reasons why we feel like we can't enter the presence. It's a lie of the enemy. Because, we, because it's like, well, I didn't spend enough time with the Lord. I didn't do this. And, and like, I'll tell you right now, the Lord doesn't need you to tell him what you didn't do. Honestly, he doesn't, he doesn't care because he always makes way. He's more excited that you came now. And that's what he's focusing on. I love it. Brent always says we don't own our past. 
It's what's doing, what's God doing today? Where are we going to go from today? That's not hold up. We don't need to dwell on the last part, right? So he runs off, blows all his money. Uh, so he decides he's going to go home. I want to go back home. Uh, so verse 20, I'll start. So the young man's son set off for home from a long distance away. His father saw him coming. Dressed as a beggar and great compassion swelled up in his heart for his son and he was, as he was returning home. So the father raced out to meet him. Okay, first of all, you have to understand context. Because I didn't. I've learned this a few months ago. I, um, the context here is, you have to understand his dad in the story would have been a wealthy man because you find out he's got lots of stuff. And his son took it. And for some reason he's waiting out. Well, he's, Jesus is sharing about his heart if you take the context. This is a parable. And he's saying the dad in which his father is looking, he's watching which wasn't normal. When a son in that, those days ran off, you're done. Like, you're done. And something that I think, uh, Eric Johnson said, he says, anytime you see in the Bible a man run, take note. And you go, well, that's why. It's because we don't understand what they were wearing. See, in that time, as a wealthy man, he would have had the gown, and it was an insulting act for him a humility to get up because to run he had to go like this and expose his legs, which we don't realize in those days was very, very bad. So you have to picture this. You have to realize this is Jesus running to one of us. And he's lifting up and he's giving it all. But what we didn't know is that the father, when a son, if a son comes back, and you can go study this, it's, it's, in, it's in history, is that if a son comes back, the father's not allowed to meet him. Because if, if he comes to the father, what they do is they take him, and the, actually the moms are allowed to come for some reason, and they take him down, and the city leaders, and so they take him into the city, and they grab this huge pot. They grab a pot, which is weird, like, why a pot? They put him in front of him, it's the weirdest thing, and they shame him, and they butt in front of all those people in the village, they smash the pot into pieces, which equals shame coming over him. And he's no longer a son. So what was happening in this story Jesus was doing is said the father oh I just went break the father said screw that and he said sorry he didn't like he said, sorry but I mean, whatever scrub that from the record he rips out and literally he's like I'm stopping this before this act of what happens supposed to happen happens oh man um, but literally literally he like that's that's Jesus. He's like, it's not going to happen on my watch. And then what it, the coolest thing is, then he starts, if you realize the context of this, this what he's stopping, because then he says, so the father raced out to meet him. He ran. He swept him up in his arms. You're not even supposed to touch this guy. Hugged him dearly, kissed him all over with tender love. And then the son said, Father, I was wrong. I've sinned against you. You would never deserve to be called your son. Just let me be. The father interrupted. What did I just say? God doesn't want to hear about the stuff you didn't do, right? He said, son, you're home now. You're home now. We're not worrying about before. It's, it's done. We can't change that. It's not enough. We, we realize you can't. He paid the price for our sin. It's, you can repent a thousand times to him. If it's true repentance, this needs to be done once. The father knows. He interrupted him, son, you're home now, turning to his servants. Because you have to understand, his servants would have been going out to go grab the pot. That was their job. 
He said, quick, bring me the best robe. My very robe. Isn't that so Jesus? Isn't it crazy that Jesus, the Son of God, and we, you can read it in the Bible all the place, he, he, he's, he calls his brother, sister. He sits there and excited that his father is recognizing you. He gives him your, his robe, and I will place it on his shoulders. Bring the ring. That's the seal of sonship. And I'll put it on his finger and bring out the best shoes you can find from my son. And let's prepare a great feast to celebrate. For this beloved son of mine was once dead, but now he's alive. Once he was lost, and now he is found. And everyone celebrated with overflowing joy. Now I could go away and do the whole thing about the son, the other son, which is so often. Maybe we should. We have to picture this. This guy is fully restored in a moment. Fully restored. And it messes with all of us. Well, he has to do something. He has to do something. There's got to be something later on. The dad must go and really rip him later on. It doesn't say that. We can only read with, we can only take our theology from what Jesus really does. Because I, uh, yeah. Now the older son was out working in the field when his brother returned and he approached the house. He heard the music of celebration and dancing. Man, there's a party going on for you people. So he called out one of the servants and said, what's going on? The servant replied, if your younger brother, he returned home and your father is throwing a party to celebrate his homecoming. The older son became angry and refused to go in and celebrate. His father came out and pleaded with him, come and enjoy the feast with us. The son said, father, listen, how many years I've been working like a slave for you. Ooh, don't be a slave. I think it's John 15 or whatever. He calls his, he, oh, I should grab it. It's, if you look at it, he actually, Jesus actually tells his disciples, I never called you servants. I always called you friends. He's not, like, I know there's the verse that says, like, um, faithful, great and faithful servant you want to hear. Man, I want to hear great and faithful friend. Actually, I would rather just be like Enoch, become so close to me, just walk in. Or you just visit heaven enough that you don't have to even go. They already know you. So you're like, hey, I'm staying this time. Why not? It says we're seated in heavenly places. That's our citizenship. Where heavenly citizenship is, that's our citizenship. Not, earth is just an extra. He actually said, come and give dominion. Brent taught about that on uh, Tuesday night. Great teaching. Oh, I've never disobeyed you. Come on, we always have to tell them what we've done, right? I performed every duty you asked as a faithful son. I've never once disobeyed you. How come the guy over there got ex accelerated faster than me? I don't know. But you've, um, I've never once disobeyed you, but you've never thrown a party for me because of my faithfulness. Never once have you given me a goat that I could feast and celebrate with my friends like he's doing now. But look at this son of yours. He comes back after wasting your wealth on prostitutes and reckless things, and, and here you are throwing a great feast to celebrate for him? The father said, my son, you are always with me by my side. You always had. Everything I have is yours to enjoy. It's only right to celebrate like this and be overjoyed because his, your brother of yours was once dead and gone, but now he's alive and has come back to us again. He has lost, but now is found. You guys, do you realize that? We have, an, we have all of heaven behind us. So if you want to throw a party, throw a party for yourself. No, get up in the morning. And that's God. Let him speak his love over you. You have to understand... Like, Oh, if you do not yet have the understanding that the Father wants to just, just speak life over you, then, then just someday just be quiet and wait. It doesn't have to be in a moment. Or even just pray, Lord, I, I pray for everyone in this season that you would just speak over them, that they would hear how much you see them. It changes your life. You know, sometimes I get down, 
And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, I'll be like, the Lord will be like, hey, why are you thinking that way? I'm like, what do you mean? And he, st- he starts telling me the words. Aren't you called to this? Aren't you called to this? And all of a sudden, I, man, it pumps you up. He's not worried about, when you're close to him, he's not worried about pumping you too much. He can deal with that. No, we, we, seriously, we, we're, we, we so often hold things back because we're scared, oh, people might think I'm prideful. Brent talked about that Tuesday too, actually. Like, humility. When you know it's Jesus, you can, if you, there's two days you can walk in this room this morning and say, man, now I'm a little late, but once I come, trust me, the anointing is going to change in the room. That way it's not good because I missed one part. You can come in the morning and say, hey, wait, I'm going to get here. I'm going to come and the room's going to explode because I'm here because I have Jesus in me. And I know that I carry something. But I'm not the only answer because when I carry, I get with others and all of a sudden there's more and we cause an eruption in the spirit realm. Man, you want to... Yeah. I just sometimes feel like... I. I'm in, oh, you know what I did up here this morning? I'm like, God, I need some presence right now. You know what I said? I said, put a huge bullseye on me in the presence right now. When we were saying, give me Jesus, when we were singing, um, send your spirit, man, I'll be honest, I'm greedy in the spirit. I came up here and I'm like, Lord, make me as huge as you can right now. Because I want it. I want it. I got to preach, God. You put me here, so you better give me some. But that's, that's, how you, that's, a, good, that's a good way. Because you know Why? It's like me getting a lot doesn't take anything from anyone else. He's not limited to a number. He always has enough. And that's what needs to break off the poverty mentality. It's, when he hands out, if he, he doesn't have just 10. If he has 10, he can give out to 10 people. He still has 10. That's God. He doesn't live. We've got to stop looking at God even, even in the realm of time. Some of you guys got to realize that he doesn't live in time. He doesn't live in our, and, and stuck into our rules. He breaks the rules because they're his rules. And it, uh, they're not even rules. They're ma- a lot of the stuff we do, we put make up this stuff so that we can feel good of why something's not happening. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. No rocks, please. Um, so... Well, it's crazy because you got this whole thing. Jesus has so much for us. I, I don't know who said it first. I definitely didn't come up with this. But when you have all of heaven, you can die hungry if you don't know how to withdraw, even with a million dollars in the bank. You can have a million dollars in the bank right now, and if you don't know how to go and take any money out of that thing, you, just, you could die of starvation. That's what this is. This is unlimited right here. We got that, what is that, the crazy black MasterCard or whatever that is unlimited. It's like we have that. So, Lord, I'm going to break, Lord, we just break off shame right now. Lord, we just speak right now that people can come, and it doesn't matter where they are, that they can expect when they look up, they see the Father running for them, running after them, pulled up, legs showing and all. <laughs> come on, right up. And, and, you, and, he, and instead of saying, hey, what did you do? Do Tell me what you did wrong. Explain to me. No, no. He says, get the rope. Get the ring. I'm putting them back into the place where they left, but I'm going to even put them farther. Because now I'm going to show them abundance. I'm going to show them that even out of their weakness, I am strong. Because if his brother doesn't have parties before, his bro- this guy probably didn't have parties before he left. And now he's having a party. And Lord, I pray for those who are watching the party. No, and we break off the lie with them, and they, they could just jump in the party because you know what? 
When, you, when a son or daughter realizes that they are accepted, when it's true, they want everyone to party with them. And the party is actually about him, not them. See, what really was represented, if you understand what Jesus was saying here, if you really look, it's his goodness that let the son back. So the party actually was never about the son. It was always about God. It was always about the father. Because the father was declaring, I got my son back. He's having a party for himself. He's more excited than the son. The son's probably sitting there, how often we're like, whoa, this is crazy. No, seriously. He's like, uh, I'm trying to eat this fatted calf and I'm getting sick because I've eaten junk for a long time. You got to learn. That's, see, that's the process. Whoa. Yeah, that's good. See, that's the process after that. Yeah, because there is a process. They throw the party and now he has to learn to be a son again. Don't, oh, don't despise the process of life. Everyone wants the, you get the word of the Lord, you're the next, it's the process that makes you become that. If you think that something's going to go bam, and now you're going to be there, no, it's the process of life. It's, it's going through things, good and bad, that actually makes you the person to walk into the God-given call you have. We, we miss that so often. There, we sit and go, well, that prophet, he spoke that two years ago, and now another prophet gave me the same word, and I'm not doing it. When are you going to do it, God? No, he's waiting for you. Just step out. It doesn't have to look like what he was telling you, the prophet gave you. Just live with Jesus. I laugh. I, Donna, I, know, I could never, me being here right now makes no sense. It was the process that got us here. The process is amazing. Some of you look back and go, that wasn't amazing, but there's things in my life that times we went through I would never give up even though there were hard times. Because out of that process, I know how good my God is. And out of a process that we had to go through, I don't want to say much about, but I've learned that God is a God of restoration, that when I read this, I totally actually understand and believe that that son could have a robe on him again. Oh, Jesus, you're good. Well, that was a side note. Jesus. Come on, he dwells in the secret place. I mean, oh, I love this. I got the, this is Bill's, total Bill, because he loves, if you know Beth, they're all about the presence too. Anyone that really wants to go somewhere, just let's be honest, you got to get in the presence. If the presence isn't foremost in your life, then you're going to get there at some point if you're going after Jesus. Like he just does, because he dwell, draws us in. I should grab that, I got a bunch of notes on that. But I love what Bill says. The presence is like putting a dove on your shoulder. And everywhere you walk, you have to recognize there's a dove there because you don't want it to fly away. So you walk, and, the, and supposedly doves, he says, are pretty, like, woo, like uh, flighty, flighty birds, I guess, and sensitive. And so it's like, take the step, okay. But it's actually being aware. That's all it is. Because his presence is here, you guys. It's not, we, we make these sayings, come Holy Spirit. And, I, and, I, and people get all caught up, well, the Holy Spirit's already here. I came and I have the Holy Spirit. Yes, but what we're actually saying is make us aware of the Holy Spirit. What are you doing now? Give me eyes, Lord, to see what the Holy Spirit's doing in this room. What's he doing in my life? You know, he stands at the door and knocks constantly. He wants in so bad. That's not just to get saved. He just wants in every door. Because he knows. Um, I think the one thing that I've been thinking about lately, I don't know who said it or I just thought of it. I think the one thing that God is confused, hear me out. God doesn't get confused, but I think one thing that he just doesn't, wouldn't understand from my, when I read the Bible is he doesn't understand how anyone could reject him because he cares so much. 
Like, that's what grieves him. Like, that you, he loves everyone. And, you, and to live in that place, understand that he loves you, you should be waking up realizing you're a superstar for Jesus. What's the great adventure today? Where do you want to bring me in your presence? Because his presence rocks. Oh, let's see here. Our first ministry to God is, we behold, is as we behold him, we're moved to worship and joyous passion. That's our first ministry. All this stuff, when I talked about it, yes, the, the presence, you can, it would be awesome for healing the sick. The presence is awesome. The power is around us. But foremost, and the key to really experience his presence is just to be with him. Because that's what he made. He made me, made you, purposely, to have free will to choose him. Like, that is such a, like, if we realized how amazing we are that God would do that, this is the king, like, have you ever just sat down a process, okay, God, who I can't even fully understand, which is why he's God, he's bigger than everything, he decided and knew me and thought about me and he actually cares about me and he actually wants to be with me. Why? I ask him all the time, why? You know, he told me, yeah, I won't tell you, uh, he did. You know, he, told, he just says he likes me because I'm a goofball. That's what he told me once. <laughs> no, it is. It's, he likes having fun. Jesus is fun, man. The Jesus I see in the Bible, he's a joker. No, seriously. Like, he would have he loved it, man. Like, I just see so much. Even when, like, Peter walks in the water and then he falls. Like, I would have, I bet you Jesus came a couple weeks ago. Hey, but Peter, how was that? How was the sinking going? Like, like that's the Jesus I know. He loves to have fun with me. He's like, come on. It's like, but you did it. And then he'll be like, because he always comes with truth. He'll be like, Peter, I love it that you tried. I love it that you got out of the boat. Do it again. Man, you should have, oh, man, it would have been funny. These guys were fishermen. How many times they went down to the water? I wonder how many of them were like, Jesus, do the thing with us. And they're probably running out trying to see if they could walk on water. That's what I would have been doing. <laughs> Who knows? What if that, what if, anyways. Why not? Have fun with Jesus. You know what? When he, just try it sometime. Just try and actually be somewhere and just say, God, what do you want me to do right now? But don't think, because he's going to probably say, say something to somebody, because he loves to let other people know him. He loves it when he can show off his child. So he, like what I said about Jeremy, there's tons of people in this room, but the Jeremy, he, he was exposing the kingdom of God to this person. He was shining. It didn't take much. He told me the testimony. It didn't take much to get her saved because he, really all he was was a, was a big signpost saying Jesus is here. And they just walk in. But that's what he wants. But it's swift, instant obedience. That's what Bobby Connery says. He goes, you want to see and experience the power of God? Don't think. Do it. Everyone wants to. But, and, and that's what a lot of people. Ask Brent. Ask him. He hears these crazy words he gets. He, he has to just go for it because his mind is saying this is crazy. Because when it's God, when it's crazy, if you want crazy things, you usually have to do the one that walks on the water. That's willing to go, maybe I'm going to fall down. But I have a good God that's going to pick me up and say, do it again. Like, you know, let's talk about it for a second because we have an awesome father in the house and he does this stuff. But you have to realize that you, to him, we watch and we're like, oh, that's awesome. Yes, that's amazing. He still has to walk on water when he does that, guys. You listen. If you, I love listening to some of the fathers, and they all share this. It's not like, they've, and they've seen the miracles, they've seen the stuff, but it still takes boldness. It's God. Like, 
we joke because it's easy to move in the prophetic because God's potential is amazing. You can see it over anybody if you just tap into his love. But to see a miracle, all that takes to step out of that's a whole other realm. It's either happening or not happening. Let's just admit it. Let's be real. It's like, oh, God's good. And it's 11.53. Thank you, Jesus. Let me just throw some stuff here. Um, uh, maybe not. God delights in us, and he always desires to be with us. We focus on the presence because we discover that he is focused on us. I love it. Ephesians 4, uh, 1, 4 to 6. And he chose us to be his very own, joining us to himself even before he laid the foundations of the universe because of the great love he ordained us so that we would be seen as holy in his eyes and unstained innocence. For it was always in his perfect plan to adopt us as delightful children through our union with Jesus, the anointed one, so that this tremendous love that cascades over us would glorify his grace for the same love he has for, for his beloved one, Jesus, he has for us. That's crazy. If you're ever down or getting depressed, go read that verse. Who, know, who, who can 100% say, everyone in this room can probably 100% say they, they know God loves Jesus. Right? Come on, if you guys don't know that, we're going to have a hard time getting you to want to go hang out with them. No, for real. You got to tell yourself, he loves you just as much. And you know what? I can feel it right away. People are like, oh, you're the, I know it says that, but I don't know. No, that's what the Bible, either you believe it or don't. It's just not, this isn't just made up stuff. Can we get the worship? I just feel like, uh, actually the whole worship team, I just pick one of your songs you did that you feel. I just want to honor the presence. So I just want us to worship. Just where we're at, we're going to worship. Mm. I love this. All over the Psalms. Psalm 73, 28. But I will keep coming closer and closer to you, Lord of Yahweh. For your name is good to me. I will keep telling the world of your awesome works. My faithful and glorious God. I think you feel me. Come on. Psalms 107.9, how he satisfies the souls of thirsty ones and fills the hungry with all that is good. Oh, man. Jesus, Holy Spirit, just come and reveal your presence in a new way. You guys want to stand? We're just going to worship. Just look into his eyes. Like that's what, what Becky was tapping in earlier today in worship. Did you hear it? Jesus didn't want us to stop. Becky wasn't just singing it over and over again because she wants to. Actually, as a worship leader, that's hard. Because it's like you can feel the room. You can feel the tension. Should I move on? Should I not move on? And when Jesus says, keep looking, it's because he's saying, I'm walking in the room. Do you really believe it? Am I really here? So right now, now I'm walking with no shame. With the robe and a signet. Look on your own finger and say, I got a signet ring. That signet ring is the mark of heaven. Things you need, write it down and mark it. Put that signet on it today. Lord, reveal yourself today. Even as we sing right now, I, don't, I want our focus to be on Him, but it's interesting how God works. As we focus on Him, He loves to constantly reverse. Oh, you guys. Revelations. Verse 8. The four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around within, and they did not rest day or night, saying, Holy, holy, Lord God Almighty. 
Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him, who sits on the throne and worship him, with lies forever and ever, and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created the whole thing, and by your will they exist and you were created. Do you realize if they do that over and over again, who's putting the crown back on their heads? It's Jesus. When we come and worship him, he comes and goes, oh, now, now put the crown. You know how awesome you are. And that's the state when you start realizing that he could, it's, a, it's like a constant motion. You look to him and he's like, oh, I want to show myself through you. Then, then, you, then you're like, oh, this is crazy, Lord. And he lay down. And then he, then he pulls you back and says, put the crown back. Holy Spirit, Lord God, open our eyes. Open our eyes, Lord God. I think that even as we worship and focus on you, I thought specifically miracles were going to take place. Come on. It's, it's, it's for that reason. It's because in his goodness, when you focus on him. I was listening to Benny Hinn the other day, and he said, the number one way people get healed is during worship. And usually the major miracles always happen. He shares, especially his wheelchairs, he says, almost always have the same story. He says they sit there looking at the man of God, saying, I want him to pray for me. And it's like, oh no, what about all these other people? Then all of a sudden they say it doesn't happen. And the normal, the normal, he says, is the person in the wheelchair goes, oh, I have compassion. Look at the guy over there in the wheelchair. And as soon as they take their focus off their issue, they're all of a sudden healed. He says, oh, 